Hi, Tarek from the morning after Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 on Q105. The podcast, Q1055.com. Lots to listen up on. If you just figured out we're here, we do a lot of off-air podcasts as well, so we can dive deep into certain things and spend as much time as we'd like on things like the biggest movies in the world. We get a little nerdy with this one. Some friends, we've added a cast member to this nerd podcast. Let's go. We're back together again. It is another edition of an unnamed podcast. We're not there, but we're not there. the show on Q105. We like to call it the morning after. We do it Saturday mornings from 8 to 10. Every time there's a big um, sci-fi, comic book, geek release, we get together, we talk about it for like an hour or so, and we have some fun and you enjoy it. We've got an extra person on the podcast this week, and I'll introduce everyone, um, I guess, as we go right now, uh, my name's Eric, uh, Eric Chase. We do the morning after. Saturday mornings, back as usual. Uh, from Columbia, sorry, Columbus, uh, Vinny Chase. He is anxiously awaiting the Amadeus Cho incarnation of a Incredible Hulk movie. Right, Vinny? <laughs> yeah, right. Vinny's back. Also, uh, another familiar voice in these podcasts from the arts community we can't say where he works uh justin camuso uh, good morning good evening hi justin hi how's it going it's going well it's going well uh and you might have heard him on the show a couple of weeks ago he is the proprietor and creator of peep game comics also 50 percent up this year for the second annual glass city black comics fest let me introduce imani latif hey imani yo Hello. Uh, that was at the library a couple of weeks ago. A cool event. We are here to talk about and celebrate the release of um, the Black Panther movie, the first Avenger of color, other than green, which hit some historic numbers this weekend. I don't want to beat you over the head with uh, with statistics, but I'll give you a couple of these. It's going to wind up making about 192 million dollars over three days. Uh, if they if they rope in President's Day for for tomorrow and call it a four day weekend, it could be upwards of about two hundred eighteen million dollars. Um, it is the fifth highest domestic opening of all time and the second biggest superhero movie in history in terms of its opening weekend, only behind the Avengers at two twenty six. Uh, a couple other notes: uh, largest February opening of all time, largest President's Day weekend opening of all time, and it gives Disney uh, eight of the top ten. Domestic openings of all time, and this all thanks to uh, to the strength of Black Panther. Also, a notch in its belt, um, A plus on Cinema Score, and to break down some of the demographics, which is something that we'll talk about, which powered this movie. Aside from it being a fantastic movie, thirty seven percent of ticket buyers were African American, thirty five percent were white, eighteen percent Hispanic, and most superhero movies score an African American audience of about fifteen. So, uh, so, so, race and, and demographics did play a big role, but also just a sensational movie. I'll, I'll be the wet blanket. I'll rock the vibranium and say, I only thought it was okay. I only thought it was okay. So I'm boo. I'm based on all those numbers. I am clearly in the minority. So, Vinny, let me start with you. Uh, when did you go? Give me your. Give me some early thoughts on it. Um, I ended up going to a late show Thursday night. Uh, I went to went and saw it at uh, Columbus's only independent 
movie theater, and they usually have a great time there with these big releases, you know. A lot of the local comic shops will be there doing handouts, so um, I went there, a great vibe. Um, in terms of the movie, you know what, I know me and you had talked about it the other day, and I said I really liked it. You know, as the days have progressed me thinking about it, I am itching towards loving it, actually. Um, it was a great uh, storyline, one of the best Marvel villains, um, period. You know, um, Killmonger is probably up there with Loki, probably even better, actually. I don't know, I'm still going back and forth on that one. And the movie, to me, had a big... It didn't even feel like it was a James Bond vibe, you know, with the gadgets, the globe trotting, you know, going on missions. Obviously, he didn't have the... Uh, confidence with the ladies of a James Bond here, but, you know, I thought Chadwick Boseman, the whole cast was perfect, period. And I thought Shuri, the character that played his or his sister, stole the show as the comic relief. Loved her. Michael B. Jordan was fantastic as Killmonger, and he's pretty much fantastic in almost everything he does anyway. So, my only, only gripe with the movie, though, I thought the action scenes were a little lackluster. Yeah, if there is one nitpick from from critics it's it's been that i guess because it was so heavily cgi and 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 you're talking about a black costume but um amani you uh you held a, an event on uh thursday evening correct at at uh levis commons yeah we did for uh that thursday for the opening night well it wasn't opening night for that essentially before. opening night preview show whatever they call it yeah mm -hmm. give me your thoughts on the movie do so my thoughts were, of course, it's up there. It's one of my favorites. Did it meet your ex expectations? Yeah, I wasn't. I was surprised how emotionally engaged I was in the movie. Um, it was emotional. Like when I when I guess is this spoiler free? When I, when certain things happened, go for it all the way. Yeah. Well, basically, when <laughs> T'Challa got sent over that that cliff, you know what I mean? Right. That was like there was like ton of emotional moments like that. You okay. know what I mean? Like when he became, or like when he defended his title or whatever the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole fight scene. I said, like, "Oh my, he, he might, he might actually lose this thing." Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, even though I knew, it's like it was all these moments. Like I know he's not gonna die, or not, right. he's not gonna lose, but. You didn't get up and leave after you got thrown all over the waterfall. Up. I didn't well, leave. The end of the movie. I was sort of, or like um, um, I was genuinely surprised when Killmonger killed Claw. Like mm -hmm. I did not that see that coming. Sense. There's there's all these things. It's like wow, I did not see that coming. And then the way he used that as leverage to find his way into this whole kingdom and all these little subtle subtle um, um, you know. Uh, things in the movie like you know the the way their, their lips were tattooed to you know to get into wakanda or all these little all these little moments you know constantly getting me more and more i became more and more emotionally invested as the movie went on justin when'd you go see it your thoughts i saw it on friday i had to work on thursday night but loser was, yeah come on you gotta be a real fan get out there <laughs> hey we, might saw in the X, we saw it in the xd theater in uh franklin park so we were there uh okay. Wow. It was it was awesome. Um, I absolutely loved it. I I was hoping it was going to meet my expectations. It's such it's so tough with these that they like 
critics are seeing them like three weeks in advance and it's always like oh, the best Marvel movie ever and it's like mm-hmm. can it be and I was I was really hoping so because I've been reading up a lot on Black Panther and ever since like even slightly before Civil War was kind of when I first really started to delve into that character and I fell in love with him like instantly and so I was really interested to see how this was going to work and um, Ryan Coogler the director who did Creed that is one of just my favorite movies ever it it's just emotionally powerful. It's just so, um, there's just so much to that movie that makes it more than just your average sports movie. And, um, I was really hoping that he was going to bring that to the Marvel universe. And he really did because what he does so well is he not only can coordinate action really well and bring in all the right actors to play certain roles, but he does a really good job at taking the time to, analyze characters and do little subtle and uh, quiet moments where you can really learn a lot about everyone and it all feels necessary none of it feels like this is just a jokey waste of a scene just to get us to the next part Mm -hmm. um it's all cohesive and i think what really struck me is how firm of a grasp on the story that kugler wanted to tell and you could tell right in the beginning in the opening scene when they were in oakland that you knew exactly what kind of a movie he was doing because he brought in the um, the 90s riot era and you knew that that was obviously going to be like a really big um, motivator to the entire movie and so it was it, there was kind of that um, that charge with it too but then also when they cut to the kids on the basketball court as the um, Wakandan spaceship or the Wakandan jet like flew away and it was that moment where we didn't know it was Killmonger but we kind of you saw we all kind of had an idea I think that was obvious yeah but just the fact of how he was like staring up at the sky and his mouth was like wide open and he was just like in awe it's you knew that Coogler wasn't just making this for the comic book nerds. He wasn't making this for general audiences. He was making this for black kids. Mm -hmm. And it was such an incredibly powerful moment. And then they kind of echoed it again at the end when Black Panther showed up back at that same basketball court. And it was when... Hold on. Vinny, what are you doing? And stop. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to cook dinner at the same time. Right, like like shucking uh, shucking potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, just to wrap it up, I was just going to say like, all those thoughts were like going through my head as the movie was going, but it's always hard to like kind of keep that in your head while you're also trying to enjoy the movie. And then it was like, as soon as it cut to credits and that SZA and Kendrick Lamar song came on, I just kind of felt this like huge, like, right. re- like relief. And I just kind of like got a, like a chill down my back and I was like, Oh my God, this movie is amazing. Right. Um, I'll be the wet blanket. Sorry. And I don't think it was a bad movie by any means. I had read too many. I think I read too many reviews. Mm-hmm saying that it was such a masterpiece and it put my expectations too high in the sky because it, it was a wonderful movie and I I love the hell out of the cast mm-hmm. my, my my biggest gripe is that it's almost like the cast was too good because I think that they were all, they are all better actors especially the females are all better actors than Chadwick Boseman I think and it worked he, though I think that they, I, I, I remember reading what you had wrote on Facebook and immediately what I thought um, without without trying to sound like a total fan boy was that um they did it intentionally right i mean it's not like chadwick boseman can't you know turn it up right you know what i mean the dude played james bond for christ's sake it's like the, i mean james right. brown you know what i mean correct it's like, so it's like they intentionally like made him like a subtle character 
and they turned up everybody else mm-hmm. yeah, he's intentionally. Not the, he's like not the wisecracking, like Tony right, Stark. Exactly, and the, and us. also the way they made this movie to be totally accessible. Like you know, like I w- I was really surprised at how often I heard like I don't know anything about Black Panther, but I'm going to see this movie. Right, right. So it's sort of like it was. I was happy that he made a movie where you did not have to see any other Marvel movie to actually appreciate this movie. Absolutely. I yeah. And the way they did that was really to, to sell it to a lot of black women. Like, they, there's, like there's only one chat with Mo, Bozeman, but you know for a fact, like, all the main female characters are highly visible. They're right out front. And that's what really, like, really puts the movie over the top because you could tell that this movie was made not just for little black boys, but this was made for little black girls. Oh, yeah, this was for made sure. for, um, this was made for women. Um, it was sort of like there was all these several niches involved, and not just like one specific. Speak, niche. speak on this because this is always hard for me to grasp because I I, I do see things often, often uh, colorless and and without any kind of bias. Like I don't care if the cast would have been green; those are all great actors. Mm-hmm. You mentioned they made a movie for women. It's like, hey. We got to get the guy. We got to get Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us because women love that movie. I didn't know he was in this. That I didn't know he was in this. But it was no, it was no surprise that he had a role where he had to cry. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It was actually no surprise. And so, like, so if you were a fan of that show, when you saw him and then he started crying and all this emotional just stuff came out of the person, you like, like only imagine. You know what I mean? It's like it sold it even more. Now you got people say, "Oh, I gotta go see this again for just that one scene." Like there was tons of scenes like that, and I wasn't expecting it. So. And I get what people are, critics are saying. Like it wasn't like this huge action-packed film. No, it wasn't. But well, the thing that was interesting to me, and there's some things like, okay, for as, as an African American, there's there's some moments that I experienced personally where, like, we had that event at Levin's Commons, right? Mm-hmm. And the first people to show up, we weren't. It was like 5:30. We started at five, 5:30. No one has shown up yet. We were worried. I said, I don't know if anybody's gonna come to this. And we were just like right in a little lobby out front. And so like the first group of people that came, well, I call them church mothers, these, these older, like they were in their 70s, black women. They don't know anything about Black Panther, Marvel, comic book, nothing. And they were the first people there to see this movie. And they were gonna participate in that little event. And I could hear them in the movie when you get to some of these speeches and soliloquies where they're talking about race and social yeah. issues. I could hear them behind me saying, mm, yes. You know, yeah. like they were like they were they were there for that. So they might not have been like my father saw the movie, said, Oh yeah, it's a great movie. And it's like it was a little too much action for me, but it was good. And he said <laughs> and to top it all off, you were like this. He said, This would I think they'll make a comic book out of this. <laughs> this is my this is my dad. What a like, great idea. What a great I think yeah, I can see that, yeah. I can see a comic book coming out of this. You, you know what? <laughs> It, it makes sense to what Justin talked about and, and Amani, your perspective um, from the black community. And Justin, what you said about how, like, the kids in the playground and little black kids can connect to that. Um, I, I Now that you bring it up, Amani, I think more, like, what do people who aren't Marvel fans who have never maybe had anything like this, like those, those church mothers, I would mm-hmm. love to pick their brains for what they thought about this because there has never been anything, such an investment in something 
that is basically an entirely black cast, with the exception of uh, of the Martin Tokian, Tyler, Tokian white boy, yeah. Martin Tyler, who is who is like the Martin best. Freeman. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who is like the best part of the uh, the Christopher Priest run because he's hysterical. I, yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total like white boy punching bag in that comic, and I love it. Right, right. Like nothing has been like this before. And look, Black Panther makes sense for people like us and for for, for little black kids or black kids who like Michael B. Jordan or whatever. But there's never been anything in those women's lifetimes like right. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I didn't expect that. I just I expected to see a whole bunch of little kids come with their moms and dads. I didn't expect the whole older generation to come to see this movie because they heard that this was supposed to be an important thing. I'm coming to support. You know what's this about? This looks interesting, and I it was I was amazed at how well Kugler was able to create a story. That actually brought them in, didn't leave them out either. You know what I mean? You had elders. There were scenes where he was uh, consulting with his elders, and that was a very important scene. Those mm-hmm. were very important scenes. Um, the whole scene where uh, just before he was fighting, where all the different tribes were chiming in, and you had all these different chiefs and elders, you know, you know, making these statements. Like it was important to see. So like everybody saw themselves in this film, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things when we talk about diversity in comics in general. It's sort of like it's all these subtle things like that that typically are missed when you just have okay, okay, yeah, um, Bendis can just write this this black character. He, he is fine, right? When when in fact there's tons of little moments like that he's going to miss because he's you know he's just not tied into the community like right. like another uh, author would be, right? You know, absolutely. Which is like amazing that like you know you can tell like Marvel just basically said you know just handed it over. And kind of got out of the way. They handed over the money, and it's okay. Whatever y'all say is the thing we should do. I guess we're gonna have to trust you to do it. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Vinny, from the perspective uh, from the perspective of a person of color, being uh, the Asian sensation, um, <laughs> what 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 are your thoughts on on how important it was um, for a, a different community and to see a movie that wasn't filled with a bunch of uh, famous white dudes? Um, to kind of touch upon, you know, my experience at the theater, you know, um, that I was at, and I just remember getting out of the theater, and um, the theater I was at is actually right on Ohio State's campus, so it was, my audience was definitely skewed towards the younger crowd, you know, college students, you know, people my age, which I'm not going to say, <laughs> but, you know, it, I remember getting out of the movie, and I'm just seeing these young, like, black teenagers, and just taking pictures in front of all the displays of Black Panther, you know, and as another, you know, as an Asian man, it made me jealous. <laughs> you want <laughs> you your Amadeus Cho, right? You know, you know, no, I don't want Amadeus Cho, you know. I, you know, I am now, you know, hoping, you know, someday, you know, with the given success of Black Panther, you know, that I, you know, my kids, you know, that I don't know about, yeah, <laughs> that will eventually... <laughs> when those paternity tests come in. Yeah, that, you know, my kids or, you know, even sometimes, you know, in my lifetime, I'll see that representation on screen, you know, and just something that cool, you know, that kids can just look up to. So it made me very jealous. Maybe, um, maybe one day we'll get a real interpretation, a more accurate interpretation of the Mandarin for you. Right, right. And to kind of oh, yeah. jump on your uh, Amadeus Cho uh, comments, you know, for those listening who don't know, Amadeus Cho is the, I want to say, current Incredible Hawk. He's a Korean 
who are now has the powers of the who is now the Incredible Hawk. That's not what you know. Myself, you know, my little cousins, you know, everyone in my family, you know, they're Asian kids. I know that's not what we want. We don't want, you know, white heroes, you know, played by Asian characters or you know that. You know, we want Asian heroes, mm-hmm. you know, played by Asians. You know, it. This movie, well, you know, is a black superhero, and it is very much, you know, embracing of that. You know, this isn't, you know, just a superhero played by a black guy. Yeah, you know? they could this have, movie like, is black sw- and switch proud. the characters out or anything like that. What do you mean? Like but, when Michael B. Jordan played the black human torch and, and the internet was, like, sideways about it? Well, yeah, like, they couldn't have just, like, this couldn't have just been, like, a movie with all white people, and they just decided to cast all black people instead. Like, right. the black identity right. was so important to this which, film. Which right. is weird. Like, right. And this is, like, the silo in my head. And, again, I, I do try to see things colorlessly. But, like, this, to me, like, had to happen. And I'm glad that Ryan Coogler got the opportunity and a $200 million budget to do it to deliver for the, the old ladies that mm-hmm. came out because it is a great moment for them. But guess what? Black Panther is a very important part of the Avengers. And at some point, he was going to need to be included. And we're just fortunate enough to have been, to have had a wonderful movie with incredible financial backing put behind it. Yeah, like this could have been see- a basic action Marvel movie that had no grounding in sort of like the racial issues like in our world today. But instead, they went full into it, and I think that was really important. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people dissected it in many different ways, and I was proud. And, and happy to see the social commentary that Ryan Coogler included because I believe our social and political uh, views uh, are, are quite parallel. I like the way that he included them. He stuck them out. like they, He made them stick out like sore thumbs, but they didn't seem like they were inappropriate. Yeah. They were very fitting. They all very, they all, I thought it all worked really well, especially that last line from Michael B. Jordan. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, with the the, the uh, like the Amistad kind of line, right? Like, our, right. I'd I'd rather uh, die than than in the, at the bottom of the sea. It was a great line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene. Period. Yeah. I was coincidentally cutting onions in the theater. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I I I was like, you know, for for all the awful names that people have given uh, uh, African Americans and people of color in history, we're all too familiar with. I. As a person who championed everything that's positive in the world, I sh- I wanted to get up and go, yeah, when I heard them call white people colonizers. Oh, my gosh, yeah. When she when they jump. <laughs> when Shuri said it. I, it was first, amazing. I loved it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's who we are. And I'm like, wait, not me, but yes, white people, yeah. history's biggest problem. Let's let's let, let's let's step back and 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 do some of the the more the fun stuff, I guess. Um I think Vinny, you brought it up uh Sure, he was awesome. And for anybody that wants to see a little bit more of her, her name is Letitia Wright. And I first saw her because she's in the final, and then I know you watch, she was in the final episode of the last, final episode of the last season, the latest season of Black Mirror. And she plays a really, wow, okay, yeah, really twisty character. And it's a really great episode. And if you've watched Black Mirror, it's basically like a summary of everything that's happened in the series. And she plays a super cool character. I looked her up because I wanted to know who she was. So I was very much looking forward to her uh, her appearance in Black Panther. And Amani, you know what's interesting about that is that if you read the comic books, right, it's like they tie everything, like um, Black Panther does all of it 
T'Challa is the smartest person. Right. He creates all the technology. He wears the technology. He wears the suit. He's sort of like he's the center of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the he's like a Batman, like billionaire. Right. Also which has is probably the brains. Which, uh, why I was a little. And like, I think, and I think, and it is sort of like, and I think it, it was a little off putting. That's why I was saying like they did so so many things to bring women into this film because so like now, you know, in the movie, and I can, and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting the impression that this is going to be throughout the other franchises as well it's sort of like he's like the fighter mm-hmm. he's the king but when it comes to the technology and the information and all of that stuff he's now delegating all that those things to shuri or like the real like intense warrior and so like yeah he's a warrior but the the person that that'll actually kill somebody right. is going to be a koye mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so like it's all that he has these um there's this like the supporting cast now that is not as prevalent in the books that like that are handling a lot of the you're not the smartest person in Shuri now. And maybe no. that's why yeah. I, I was a little surprised that his his Chadwick Boseman's portrayal didn't blow me away. Right. But that's the thing, it's like, yeah, it was like everybody has admitted to the fact that oh yeah, Shuri stole the show or Koye was the yeah. person in the show. It was always or like they're talking about, oh, now you got a you got a faction of people that like I agree with Killmonger like I'm right. Team Killmonger yeah. that's the hashtag now yeah. now there's a um there's a now like you got a ton of women that are like uh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of like racy you know Twitter mentions about Mbuku uh, like you know it's sort of like the dude uh, <laughs> Mbaku. Mbaku right it's sort of like it's like all of these other characters are getting far more shine than yeah. Chadwick, but like the way they set up all the previews, you didn't know any about right, huh? any of these until you saw the movie. That's why the movie was so good. So like all of a sudden you had this whole ensemble cast where everybody was. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. like the scenes with Umbuku when he was like, you know, it's like it's like I'll feed you to my children. Yeah, <laughs> we're vegans. And it was like oh, we're vegans. I know yeah. that guy and I I like that actor a lot. I saw him. Um, I watched Person of Interest. Oh, okay. Crickets. He played a really badass criminal, like yeah. a, a real tough tough to beat guy in in person of interest so i saw him and i was like yeah i know, I, know. I mean it, it was like every major successful talented yeah. black actor or actress was in this movie back to shuri she was phenomenal she was so much fun she brought so much levity i love oh. when she's like i've got another white boy in town and i was I, there's I, gonna be a movie i can already see there's gonna be like a movie or some type of animated feature around just her like, i you can heard, you can see that i heard people saying possibly rather than having like Riri taking over as Iron Man, having Shuri do it at some point. Here's what I, that could be possible. Here's no. what I want. Ooh, that's a good idea. Here's what I want in in Infinity War. So I hope these scenes are shot already. And if I don't get it, I'm wa- I'm not gonna walk out. But <laughs> You're not. Leaving. I want her and Tony Stark in a scene together with a battle of tech and wits. Yeah, because she great. is his peer. Yeah. You know what? Thing? Here's the thing that kind of scared me. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for in the Avengers thing. Remember when they were they were going to whatever that was a Jabu or whatever when they were escaping Wakanda okay his mom and them yeah um and his mother said you should take the herb you should be the next Black Panther mm-hmm. right and now he was she was talking to what's her name um I'm bad Peter Koye Koye's character yeah no not Koye uh, she was talking he was talking Nakia? to Nakia Nakia yeah okay he said you should be taking this on like no like I don't even think Nakia is a character even in the books. Like they 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 put this character. It's like Lupita is like you know she has a name recognition. She's gonna be in the next film. I'm I don't I'm afraid like somebody 
one of those women are are going to take the mantle. I actually, I, I would not be surprised if they become. Yeah, the next they're gonna, they're the next Black Panther. Well, remember, they're out of the herb, but yeah. they're gonna have to find the herb. Which See, and that's the weird thing. I'm it's sure like stuff find like it. that. Stuff yeah. like that. It's like, is it gone the, forever? Or? And I, I, I haven't figured out what. Which one of those things is actual stone? Like supposedly the, the people think oh, that kind of mm-hmm. has a stone. Let's but... talk about the nerdy stuff of this. Yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. People are wondering. I guess there is speculation. There's there's one more infinity stone that Thanos is coming to Earth for, and I believe it's the, the speculation stone. was the stole the soul stone was somewhere in Wakanda. And I just read stuff from Ryan Coogler saying he didn't include any any infinity stone stuff for this movie because he figured the vibranium was enough for people to figure yeah. out. And I guess with that must have been the biggest meteor to ever hit Earth. Like, that thing just went dead. Like, the tunnels, those scenes were so cool. Yeah, with, right, Like, right. The, uh, the, the the subway that they had running through there to take away the vibranium and all yeah. that stuff. It, she built she built a hell of a little city down there. Yeah. Maybe maybe the Soul Stone is buried at the bottom of that, that meteor crater or something. We'll find right, somebody, out way. Somebody that I follow was speculating that they thought... The vibranium was a stone. And I, was like, I don't nah, think that's going to be it. Sense. I don't think that's going to be it. And then I was thinking, like, here's like, okay, here's my crazy theory: was that the herb was somehow the stone, and they're going to take it and like kill T'Challa. And it, mm, it was a flower, though. Yeah. But he is like he's the only he's the only living embodiment of it. There's no other. Oh, I see what you're saying. Kind of like, like how like, is in his head, right? Yeah, and like and so he's the only he's physically is carrying this thing around. Like if he dies or something, that's the end of it. He's not going anywhere. No. I, I say I, synthesize it and turn it yeah. into some type of super serum. Vinny, any theories uh, leaving uh, Black Panther? You know, with the um. Soul Stone, I was thinking, I mean, obviously you watch the previews for the new Avengers movie and a lot of action appears to take place on Wakanda. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like a Soul Stone is buried and that's what the herbs are growing from. Yeah. Because, you know, every time, yeah, every time either, you know, T'Challa or Killmonger, when they took the herb, they went to a plane where they could see their, you know, their fathers and their ancestors. So that's what I was kind of thinking right there. (laughs) Justin, any theories leaving the movie? Um, where it might go towards Infinity War with Thanos on his way with his I have Black no Order. Idea. We do know that, like, obviously from just a few little teaser trailers we've gotten for Infinity War, part of it does take place in Wakanda. Um, I mean, they show them running through the fields, and uh, um, Okoye is there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does appear that it's gonna there's gonna be some sort of battle there. So I assume that there has to be a stone there somewhere, maybe deep in the mountain, and they have to defend it because right. I mean may, may, maybe something maybe maybe that stone was on that meteor that slammed into what, yeah. to, to the big ma- you know what everybody's is pretty familiar with the comics right with the mm-hmm. Black Panther stuff I'm surprised they didn't say the big mound which they refer to often in the comics right I'm surprised they didn't mention that in the uh, in the movie at all they did I thought they did I thought um, little, I don't I thought, think they, I don't think they I said Claw like the, said it I thought he said they have this giant mountain where everything's at yeah, but right. they said like the mound or the big mound, like huh. mountain they was re- a little different. They, didn't re- they don't refer to it as a sacred place, right? In the right. movie, but they do. Um, I guess they do. They talk about the mineral, but not where it's from. Right. They don't show it actually being mined or anything like that. Or right. They say, "Oh yes, it's over there." You know, it's, they don't do anything like that in the film. But that's the thing. That's like they there's a ton of stuff like that. They just sort of like conveniently left out of the film 
So you don't even have to, you know, think, think about, about it. it. Yeah. You know, make the, it's made the movie that much more accessible. Imani, you mentioned uh, a Killmonger throwing Black Panther T'Challa over the over the waterfall, which I believe is a famous comic scene. Um, I don't, I didn't read those comics, but it was in one of the uh, the sites that I went to, and said they 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 grabbed that from the comics. What was your uh, your biggest oh shit moment from the movie? Was it that one? one there were so many. It could uh, be anything. It could be a tech thing. It could be a joke. It was all. That's the thing about the movie. There was so many of those little moments. Like I don't know why I was so obsessed. For a while, I was obsessed with the fact that. Uh, the Kia was driving with no shoes on, and they kept flying. They kept going back to the fact that she was barefoot. It's like they kept showing her foot, and it was like, wow, right. she ain't got no shoes. <laughs> and I don't know why it became like a thing. Like for me, it's like, oh wow, it's like she's barefooted. But or like, uh, um, in the lab, and yeah, he's right. Like that, um, a lot of the scenes were like James Bond when mm-hmm. he walked through the lab. It's like, oh yes, this is the new technology, mm-hmm. and like the sneakers bit that was right. funny. Yeah, what are that. those? I right, right, right. And right. I laughed at that. I was like, well, this is weird. Did <laughs> right, right. Did everybody get that? Yeah. The what are those? Because that's a Vine thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm confused about that. I'm like, all right, they're <laughs> cut off too from the rest old. of the that's world, why. but they understand these. Oh, they're not cut off from they, they cut the world <laughs> off from them. They are not cut off from the world. And that's the all thing. Right, there's right. now there's those are issues that I've always had with the book or with the whole Black Panther mythos in general. Like it's sort of like how is it that okay, Wakanda's technologically advanced, but then like all these little tribes that look like they're still living in huts. What's that about? It's like are they a part of the, all of this? Are they do they get a, a, uh, access to all the same advances? Why isn't Mbaku out here? In the middle of you know, on a mountain it's with no shirt like they have on. One big city, and then it's like the surrounding areas yeah. that keep every the normal day to day functions going. Right, on. and I, I don't. It's sort of like I've always wondered. Okay, and it's like there's always political infighting, and what kind of when you think when you think about the books, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, those are the so like if I had any hangups with the movie, those are just the hangups I've always carried with me from the books in general. Right. So like with, you know. With the Black Panther as a, as a character, all the time. So it's like v- Vinny. What was your biggest uh, oh shit moment? I really of uh, the flashbacks to um, the Oakland. Those really hit me a lot on an emotional level here. So I was not expecting that. You know, kind of from this kind of movie. So I mean, mm-hmm. that was my biggest oh shit moment. How about how sad that was that Sterling K. Brown's character lives in the apartment like in this afterlife for the rest of his life <laughs> and all the rest of the royal family like lives in this plane together and he's stuck there he did do wakanda dirty i know oh, but it's God. so sad i never thought about it like that it's like i did when i when i saw that scene it's like wow he's back at the apartment and yeah. like you don't even get the like the grand feel with the, the tree and the panthers he don't get none of that he got to go back to oakland yeah <laughs> i got a, I, I got a question maybe, maybe Oakland's you, not that bad i know right um maybe you guys can explain it to me in the final scene when um t'challa decides to like settle down in that oakland neighborhood with with the family and everything and, and um nikki is going to open up all these social outreach places he's like about that building that building, right? That right. building. Um, I'm and the kid kept looking over at him. He's like, "That yours?" I thought there was going to be something a little more deeper there emotionally. Like he'd be like, "Well, listen, kid, you might have heard of me or the Avengers, and I'm with them, and I've got this thing, and we're going to kick some ass." Like I thought there'd be a, a, might be a little bit more there. 
Yeah, they Me? did the they did mm-hmm. the cheesy like who are you? And he like looks at the camera and then it just like comes like, right. Yeah. right, right, right. And then I well, really... if you call some God, you call some dialogue with um, Everett Ross. Um, Ross covered up looks like some of the events of Civil War. Yeah, because remember that part where you met him in the casino. He said, "Yeah, you know, there's a king with a bulletproof suit. You know that no one knows about. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. You know." Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think the kid, I don't think the public, general public knew about that. Well, but he also he, he can go like you know all those famous white people, uh, the Avengers. Well, I'm with them, and you might have heard of you might have heard of the Black Panther movie that's coming out now, and that's my ship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I, there was, this was this like this deeply detailed, emotional, well thought out movie, and then the kid it's like that yours, yup. He's out. <laughs> I just expected a little bit more there, but whatever, whatever. Um, did anybody? I've always wanted to talk about that. I think about this because I go and I go like I Google Easter eggs for like Black Panther or Thor two or whatever, whatever it is. Mm. What, Justin? What to you is an Easter egg? Mm. An Easter egg I feel like could just be anything that is either setting up something that's to come or possibly just like a little note that could be like a hint to the comic book fans. And then sometimes it's a throwaway Easter egg, and sometimes it's like there for a reason like i thought it was really interesting that and wait did we all stay for the very very last credit scene yes yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i was like am i was like we are not talking oh, with the amateurs who are you asking there people were still leaving in our theater and i was like how do we not know? like how do you not know yet <laughs> and right. um but uh when they called how bucky the white wolf i was like oh that's that's not who it's supposed to be but if that's where they're going i'm okay with this and, and they, they've, they've done that uh, yeah. several who's times what, the White Wolf is the Black Panther's like white boyfriend, um, uh, no adopted was, brother, yeah, adopted brother, not boyfriend. Yeah, he's like well, the white head of like the secret police, <laughs> yeah. Wakanda's police. But I think that that's really right. interesting. That's that that's a well, oh, it's really interesting wow, to me okay. because I've had the theory going forever that I, I'm fairly certain that Cap is not going to make it out of the next one of the Infinity War movies. And so I've always been like, well, are they going to have Bucky be Captain America? Or are they going to have Falcon be Captain America? Are they not going to do it at all? But if they're having Bucky be a white wolf, then that just clears the mantle for possibly Falcon taking over. Did Shuri say call him the white wolf? Yeah. yeah. Oh, or no, the, the, the kids were calling him that. Oh. oh yeah. They were like oh, chanting. I totally missed that. They were like chanting white wolf. Yeah. Which That's, is, that is really, really cool. So that means he will be over the whole espionage. Uh, yeah, that's why I think the they war dogs. If they decide to to go that route, and that's the thing is, they could not do anything with it. You know what it is? Like, you know what that is? But they wouldn't have dropped it in there. If it yeah, it, exactly. To your point of like, Chris Evans is, I guess, likely done if for no other reason that like they're they're taking the next phase into the cosmic realm, yeah. which will leave aside maybe Captain America. Um, that's called contract negotiations. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, like, oh, uh, Sebastian's saying, you don't want to do that role? Well, guess what? Uh, yeah. Anthony Mackie's sitting there. Also, you can afford Sebastian Stan longer than you can for Chris Evans right now. They're paying these guys all nothing. Nothing. Uh, Imani, what, what's an Easter egg? Like, how do you define an Easter egg? Um, like, does everybody have to get it, or is it just for people like us? Because to me, an Easter egg is just for, like, people like us. It's like the, oh, damn, did you see that? And everybody else is like, see what? Well, see, that's the thing. That's This is one of those movies for the first time. It was sort of like I wasn't thinking about anything Marvel-related. Okay. I was just there for the experience. Black Panther experience. Right. So, yeah, like, of course, I totally missed the Wife Wolf thing. You know what I mean? You gotta go see it again. You, are you nah. going to, right? Oh, I got to definitely gotta go see it again. Because I knew I, I probably was missing a whole bunch of stuff like that. But, so, that's the weird thing. This particular movie, I wasn't looking for any Easter eggs. 
because I didn't care. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't care about the Easter eggs or how it ties into the Infinity or War or anything like that because I was just here for, you know, the Black Panther stuff. Which I think it was good that they did um, that. Vinny, right. Vinny, what's how do you define an Easter egg? I I treat them as like maybe nods to like fans of you know either the source material or just the Marvel films or any films in general. Right. So that's how I treat them. Okay. Um, I did catch the White Wolf one like well not immediately but the next day when I was reading I was like oh yeah forgot about that. Um, other than that, I didn't really catch many either, just because I was just so enthralled with it. I didn't really, I, I never look for them anyway when I watch movies on the first time. Really? It's usually the second or third viewing that I'm catching that. all that I, stuff. I, I'm, for the internet to tell me. I'm always looking for them, and then I go like fact check myself after the after the case. Mm-hmm. I go home and I, like I said, I Google Easter eggs for Black Panther. That one article that I read, um, it said if you. Blink and missed this during Black Panther, and one of the things on the list was the Stanley cameo. I'm like, come on, but you know what? Right. For some people, like if you're like, you know what? Like the Stanley cameo in this movie was actually one of the like worst that I've seen because he just showed up at the, the, the yeah, and like, the, the took casino. some chips. It wasn't even like it was like a real cameo. It was barely a cameo. He might be like, dead. It, yeah, and I it's think like hologram stint right? Just in case, I'm pretty sure they had James Gunn shoot like four or five just so they have them just in case yeah because yeah that was like the most boring stanley cameo that i've ever you know i, I want to go back we uh, we brought this up at the beginning of the discussion like it's a real low bar for marvel to cross with good villains and maybe that's intentional just to make thanos like the baddest thing that we we've ever seen i, I don't know i think it's just been poorly done i watched iron man last night and Jeff Bridges, the, the initial, and like that villain is is actually not that bad, all things considered, in the Marvel world. Yeah, he's like but, related to him. He's like a father figure to him, right? But it's not clunky, and like Tom Hiddleston is is the force behind everyone's Loki love. He's the internet's boyfriend. He's my boyfriend. He's great, <laughs> but the Killmonger, like it was so grounded. Like right. I don't think any like I. I completely agree with the way he felt doing everything he did mm-hmm. in that movie. And all he had to do was not be a dick in that throne room. If he could have been like, yeah, we're kind of related and I'd like to fight him and maybe you guys wouldn't consider me. No one would have like been as... Right. Yeah. He, he, right. Like, he was okay. in there wagging his dick like, yo, this is my spot. Yeah. And, well, and that's then, the thing is like, I was telling, I was explaining to my wife, it was like how they wrote him was sort of like, he was like a huge caricature of American culture, right? It was sort of like when he came into the to the film. It was sort Sup, of like auntie. it was like yeah, yeah, all these corny lines, you know. From you know, it's like he's supposed to be an American dude. I'm just chilling. Like, it was like oh, I'm just chilling in the throne right. room. It's like oh, come on, really? And sort of like <laughs> it's just like and so when you think about it, yeah, when I like I can imagine if someone actually would write him into the book like him mm-hmm. and on those same sentiments. Like I can imagine if Christopher. Priest wrote this character. Um, his approach would have been far more subtle, mm-hmm. and you could have like carried it over several more books. You know yeah. what I mean? The way they they sped through him, his character, so like he was sort of like it was all this this war of attrition. So like he immediately came in, started killing all the bunch of people. He's gonna send out weapons and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Had he had done everything a lot slower, 
it would have been even scarier. It yeah. would have been like had he had come in and said, okay, I'm just going to win these people's trust, you know. Dropping a dead body so, to somebody's you know, doorstep. Is, right, uh, right, right. <laughs> it was like it was no subtlety. And that's the thing. It was like there was always these um, extreme characters. So, yeah. like, it was like Black Panther, his character was extremely quiet. You had Killmonger. He was extremely noisy and obnoxious. You had, you know, um, Okoye. She was extremely violent. She was, like, spearing everybody, mm-hmm. you know. You had... Sure, she was joking around and like it was like this ceremonial thing and all of a sudden it's like, Can we go home now? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you had all these extreme characters and but I know for a fact like when I think about Killmonger, I said, Man, if he had like had he had he had made his way in, had he had just like took his time and really was sort of like Win win the win the crowd. Win, yeah. Right, win the like win the people over, it's sort of like he would have been far more dangerous. But I think I would consider um this character this is the Marvel's version of uh, Heath Ledger, Joker. Oh, the Joker. I think, yeah, De- definitely. Like it's sort of like it's sort of like he was like he was about chaos. He like you know that he's like was really into his character and was really pushing. It was like a it wasn't just he wasn't uh, crazy or doing things just for sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. He, there was a logic and story behind it. I think it was definitely yeah. Like, as a he villain, he could, you could. You can make there some definitely. Let me make it. Let me make another comparison. Let me throw this by you. Like as I've gotten older and as I've watched movies like a a second and third time, I go, "Oh, I get that bad guy's perspective. I know why he did that." Like when I watch a few Good Men now, I'm like, "I know why he had to defend that base." I'll use Bane, and I don't Mm -hmm. know. You've seen Dark Knight Rises, of course, right? And I don't know. Like that was during the. Occupy Wall Street time. And right. The more and more I watch that movie, oh, yeah. I'm like, you know what? If Bane didn't do what he did and he just would have went went about this a little bit more legally, right. he would have won the middle class over instead yeah. of by being a terrorist because they attack the one percenters. And right. now when I watch the movie, I go, I agree with why he's doing it. I don't agree what he's doing. But back to my point, the Killmonger character was perfect because had any of us had our fathers killed like that and been left as an orphan, right? Fuck yeah, I'd be mad yeah. too. I'd yeah, be yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. pissed. And I'm I'm glad that they did the 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 mirror of that with T'Challa's doubt within his father going, Dad, you fucked up. Right. You right. fucked up. Yeah. Right. And I thought uh just so it was so strange that like I almost wish in a weird way this would never happen, but I almost wish that they hadn't told us that like Michael B. Jordan was like in this movie. Because that mm. would have been crazy. Cause like and when he pops up, like because we all know who he is and we you know, we go we read online like we know he's playing Killmonger we know he's going to be the bad guy but like you said like that group of women who came to this movie they might not know who he is they, no, they don't, know, they don't, they don't have the internet anyway. and so <laughs> and so <laughs> like for them to be like oh who's this like weird American guy like making out in the gr- with his girlfriend in the back of the car and like just randomly shoots who you think is the main guy right like that would be like kind of more of a twist but like we obviously know because right. we know that he's going to be I still didn't expect him to kill Claw but like we knew that he's going to take like, over and with the previews, I even even going into the movie, I still assumed that Killmonger was sort of like a secondary a, a villain. secondary villain. Because mm-hmm. we read the com- the comics, it's always been a Claw. Claw is Panther's Joker, exactly. Yeah, so it's like I did not, and it, the way they set it up, I did not see that uh, coming at all. <laughs> so when like so when he when he kills Claw and then he's dragging the body to the one person that's you know who's dying to have it. You know what I mean? I yeah. was like, oh, this is changes everything. And you knew right you in know? that moment, you're like, oh my gosh, she knows exactly what he's doing. He exactly, not, right. He's yeah. not, he is not playing second fiddle to nobody. Which I'm, is why, like, this know. is, like, even if you don't 
even if Killmonger is not your favorite villain in the Marvel Universe for whatever reason, it is the most grounded and reasonable. Yeah. Like, uh, what is, what was Daniel Kaluuya? Kal- Kal- what was his character's name again? I don't remember what his name was. Mbaki? I don't remember. But he, like, I don't know. I don't for remember. Michael B. Jordan, for Killmonger to show up to his doorstep. On purpose. Right. Like, on purpose. Like, the one guy who was like, maybe I can be swayed uh, and drop that body right there. I'm like, right. oh, it is on now. Yeah, right, exactly. T'Challa has a real challenge. Yep. Yeah. And that's what yep. was so great is that even smaller characters like Daniel Kaluuya's character, everyone had like um, some sort of slight motivation. They had, right. they took seconds to like make sure you knew what that character's motivation was. Like you knew he was pissed at Claw and mm-hmm. you knew that he had very slight intentions earlier on in the movie where he was like, shouldn't we like kind of go out into the world? Mm-hmm. And he, him and um, T'Challa had that conversation on the farm and T'Challa was like, Nah, and he's like, yeah, you're right. right. And then, like, Killmonger shows up and does that. But then even, like, um, Okoye, who you're just like, yeah, she's, like, here as, like, a secondary character. But then there's the scene when Nakia tries to get her to leave with her, and she's like, I can't. Like, I can't, my right. allegiance is literally to this throne. It doesn't matter who's on it. Right, right. And even though it's killing her on the inside right. with everything that happened, you can still, like, see it that she she hates it. But every character has that little bit of a moment dude that's what makes it so great can you imagine if they decided like okay we weren't gonna what if they didn't come out this didn't come out as a um movie but like we're gonna do such a series like on game of thrones Oh, yeah, like then this, Killmonger like, would have been like a... Right, then like Killmonger would have been a far Episode more, 7, oh my God, you have to see Episode right, 7. Right, 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 exactly. So all the shit goes you down. You know what I'm saying? Like there's moments sort of like, of course this was like, I like the fact that they made a movie and made it such a cultural thing. It was a moment. Yeah, it was, it was, like, it was sure. ex- extremely powerful moment, but I think like a lot of the things that you were looking for from it, it's like probably would have been far better if it was like a Netflix show. Yeah. You know what I mean? They could have drug out, you know what I'm saying? The, the things that they were setting up in this movie, those are the things that I would have loved to have seen in Luke Cage, which I didn't see, and I hated them. You know what I mean? I, I, I did not like how they set up those storylines or the backstories in that show at all. Mm-hmm. But it's like the little bit they did in this two-hour film, it's like they did they did just enough. So I can only imagine had this same team had been able to you know lay out the story for like a Luke Cage or something like that. It would be far more entertaining, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like I, I read a, a story, and Justin, maybe you saw it, and Vinny, maybe you saw it. It was on the on the Ringer. They wrote a lot of Black Panther stuff all week, as they usually do with movie moments and pop culture moments. And one, there was one story about how uh, Ryan Coogler is, is like a, a zenith level, an apex level filmmaker, because nobody put the detail into Creed like he did in some diner scene with the cheesesteak. Um, yeah. And Jill Scott, I'm like, please, <laughs> I'm from Philadelphia. Anybody who's done a Philadelphia movie includes cheesesteaks, Jill Scott, and the Roots. You Musically speaking, anyway. <laughs> and I thought about that article and I was watching the movie and I'm like, no. The stuff that you guys have talked about, like these, this inner conflict within these characters is detail more than putting right. cheesesteaks in a Philly right, movie. Right, right, right. I, think it, I think they were referring more to the conversation that the two of them have while they're having cheese no steaks. they definitely wrote about cheese it was the ch- nobody puts cheesesteaks in, in a philly movie like ryan cook i'm like shut the hell up michael b jordan literally raps about cheesesteaks in the movie <laughs> there's a moment where he raps about cheesesteaks it's really odd i still think his 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 motive where he was able to draw the rage like the heath ledger type of mm, right. like darkness he went to for the joker michael b jordan thought i i was so sick of getting off in the wire i will tell you where the fuck wallace is i wow. will tell wow, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Like I, he 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 like honed all that internet rage right. for the Human Torch bullshit uh. and focused it on being a badass Killmonger. Yeah. Amani, fi- final thoughts as we wrap up. Uh, what, what you got going on thoughts. with Peep Game? Um, well, I've been pushing. It was uh, what has been interesting is that you know they have been skyrocketing, but yeah, sales have been up. Right, have been up. Good this weekend. Good. Um, the, weekend. Uh, the website, Peep Game Comics with an X dot com. Cool. Uh, Justin, final thoughts. Uh, well, I could jump back on the movie real quick, just because I just wanted to say like my two favorite parts. Cause sure. I just felt like I didn't really get to. Um, I thought the the whole casino sequence, specifically when all the shit goes down, and it's like almost a continuous one take shot, um, which mm. he had done in Creed too. Um, I love that more people are trying to do that, and uh, I mean, there's obviously some editing happening where you know it looks like it's one shot, but it's not really. But they did a really damn good job with that, and also um, Akoya gets to kick some major butt in that scene. But then also. I don't know if they shot it with like an IMAX camera or if it was different, but there was part the part when the um when Killmonger burns all the 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 plants and uh I felt like my screen got wider and I don't know if we were cuz I know sometimes when you see like an IMAX movie it the the frames can jump sizes from like the IMAX scene to the That's end. super nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. What's your degree at BG yet? Uh film production. <laughs> uh, but it almost felt like the screen got bigger during that sequence and then it kind of transitioned into the whole throne room flipping around when it was upside down because it was like obviously a metaphor for like he's turned the whole kingdom upside down. Oh yeah. yeah. But it was just so beautiful and it looked so amazing. That's a just, Batman. Um, they did have Batman too, don't they? Turn with the, IMAX? Turn the, thing, the screen upside down? Yes, IMAX. And yes with the... What, you, <laughs> is that a Christopher Nolan trick? Is that what we're talking about? I don't, I don't know mean, if it's a trick. I, I just know like I've seen that in the Batman film. Like yeah. when they turn the... The whole thing, the whole scene goes upside down. It's not an original thing, but it looks really I have great. To go back and see it again, so I can enjoy. I, I've actually, I have actually enjoyed our conversation more than I enjoyed the movie. But again, my expectations <laughs> were screwed up. Vinny, final thoughts. <laughs> you know, I was uh, reading uh, an interview with uh, Kevin Page, uh, the Marvel head, um, about the movie, and um, they were talking to him about uh, how Wesley Snipes tried doing Black Panther in the early '90s, but I just mm-hmm. never got it off the ground. Yeah, and uh, they asked him what he thought. Yeah. And they asked <laughs> him what he thought. Don't you speak ill of Blade? <laughs> Blade's awesome. I'm not. No, no, no Blade slander here. But no, anyway. So they asked him, you know, how he felt about you know Wesley Snipes' efforts, you know, of Marvel trying to do that. And he said, "I'm glad we didn't do it in 1992 because Ryan Coogler was still a kid." Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that speaks like volumes of you know how much faith they had in uh, Ryan Coogler, and he did a fantastic job. You know, I can't wait to see his next film. Period. You know, he's a great filmmaker, and uh, I was going back to Michael B. Jordan. I was worried when I saw him on the cast as the villain. Mm-hmm. I was worried he would pull it off. You know, because he's such a likable person. He was great in Creed. Wallace of the Wire, obviously. You know, it was a very sad moment when he got killed on there. Where's Wallace? I didn't watch Friday Night Lights though. <laughs> but I was definitely not disappointed. I was slightly disappointed in the action sequences, but overall. Loved it. Can't wait to see it again. What's the next time we do this? Is uh, wait, What's up next? Is Deadpool next or is there something before that? I think we've got Deadpool. No, Avengers is May 4th. Yeah, but Deadpool is... May 18th. Oh, oh, May 18th. that's right. Mm-hmm. They rearranged... That's right. There we go. Uh, Amani Latif, thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah. Justin Camuso, thank you. Thank you. Vinny, live from Columbus. Thanks, buddy. 
No problem. All right. We'll do it again soon. I'm hanging up on you now, buddy. Uh, thank you for listening to another off-air exclusive podcast of The Morning After on Q1055.com.